With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 314. We are the Fight Disciples. This one's dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but other stuff that's been going on as well. <clears throat> Apologies for the cough down your ears. Um, you can get all our stuff on iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Fightdisciples.com is our website if you need an Android feed and at Fight Disciples on all social medias, apart from Instagram, where you need to look at at the Fight Disciples. Um, where do you want to start uh, this week? Do you want to... Uh... Well, it's exciting to look ahead to Rocky Edwards this, this coming weekend. Yeah. He gets a massive opportunity and he gets an opportunity to carry on a wonderful weekend of British sport that we've just had over here in the UK. What are you talking about? So the weekend was fucking awesome, man. Lewis Hamilton winning a car race. That's not, it's not even sport, that. Fucking Daniel Dubois becoming new British heavyweight right. champion on our boxing show. Right. Then you had the Sunday afternoon with fucking Hang on. one of the most epic games of tennis ever. Go on. Followed by uh, Go on. one of the cool like extra over in the hobby sport. See what I mean? When everything, when it, you you one of them fur weathers you, aren't you? I'm a glory boy. England win the cricket World Cup, and you're I on watch board. the Super Overs. I thought I didn't watch a second of the World Cup because obviously cricket's not a real sport, so no interest whatsoever. But as soon as Wimbledon finished, my dad texted me and was like, "Are you watching the Super Overs?" And I was like, "What's a Super Over? Let's have a little look at the Super Over." And I think I watched about nine balls get thrown, and I. By the, by Nine the, balls get thrown. Here he is. Here's, techno, here's Ian Botham for you. <laughs> and by the time the ninth ball was in, I was like, I was in. We'd won. We'd won the World Cup. You're in, are you? <laughs> no, I wasn't that bad. Down to JJB to get yourself an England kit. You're ready to go, aren't you? I'll be honest. From what I'd seen going into that last over, and then looked on social media, and I was going, fucking hell, that was the greatest over in cricket's history. And I was like, okay, well, here's the New Zealand team coming to bat now. I kind of want them to win now, just because just cause why not? And uh, You what? You're weird. You're a weird guy. Yeah, because I, I, was, I was texting my dad then, because he'd watched it. And I was like, what's a, what's a super over, first and foremost? And he's telling me, and I'm going, okay, yeah, all right. I mean, here's, here's England finishing their super over, and then New Zealand gets a bat for their super over. And okay. And my dad was going, oh, England have fucking completely spawned getting into their super over. Because he dived and he fucking hit his bat and went for a four, even though he'd only got a two. And I was like, what? What the fuck? When did that rule come in? I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. So basically, this reminds me when we used to fucking play cricket all round us as a kid in school. So you'd, you'd, you'd run for a single. And as you were running back to the wicket, you'd have a little look. And if someone was throwing the ball, you'd just fucking web it or kick <laughs> it or whatever and, and, get to the, and get to the stumps. I didn't know you could actually do that in professional You can't do cricket that. as well. It just hit him. He fucking hit it with his bat, didn't it he? Hit, Come for a four. No, it hit him. He was diving in and it hit him. They just make the rules. This is the thing with it not being a real sport. There's no set rules. So yeah. you just kind of do what the fuck you want. Yeah. And England actually didn't win. They won because they scored the most amount of fours and sixes. That's it. Because the, the Super Over was tied. It was 15 apiece. Right. So when he ran him out, yeah. 
they'd scored 15 runs because he ran one. They completed one run. Oh, right. Of course they did. Yeah, so that was 15. Because they needed two runs to win it. They needed two runs to win. The reason why they needed two runs to win and it couldn't so, have been a tie is so, because sorry. England scored more fours and sixes. So they fucking won it on a technicality? Yes. <laughs> they won the World Cup on a technicality, yeah. So that, I see, I, again, when he runs that first single, yeah. but then he tries to run a second. I didn't know that first one still counts. Yeah, it does. Because... He, yeah, you've completed the, the run. Is the is the is the play not still alive? No, no, it, the, the run is complete. That run is complete. Oh, so that one's on the on the scoreboard. Yes, but then he gets he gets bowled so, out. But he had to go back for the set the next one to try and win it because of well, the they te- had to win it because of the technicality. They knew that they hadn't scored enough fours and sixes than the other team. Oh, right. They never said that on commentary. They never went like, oh, they've got to get if they only get a single here. By the way, folks, England win it on a technicality. That never got. Well, they said that because it turned it off straight after. I was like, yeah, they've won it. Great. <laughs> See ya. Get off. Get off my telly. See, every, Hobby sport. everybody listening to this now, expecting to tune, us, tune in like us going crazy for a little bit of Sacramento. Not yet. Not yet. We're talking cricket. Then you had... So you dry. watch the... I watch, I watch Wimbledon. I watch Wimbledon, yeah, because I'm a massive... I love a bit of tennis. Love a bit of tennis. So you love tennis, right? Where they all sit down and have strawberries and cream and all that type of stuff. Not during the fucking game. Like cricket. They go off for a sandwich and a cup of tea. They, have, they might have strawberries and pims and whatever after the game, but they don't stop halfway through for fucking butties, <laughs> like in the hobby sport. All right. So, yeah, I watched a bit of Wimbledon. Very British weekend, that, isn't it? Uh, race car driving, yeah. tennis and cricket. That's and a cricket. very British weekend. If you're listening to this anywhere else other than Britain, you're thinking to yourself, what, what? the exactly, fuck yeah. did this lot get up to? What a load of shite. That's it. That's why we're into fight sports. Exactly. Well, for for me, the star of the weekend was Triple D. Anyway, it was Daniel Dubois, which is more on the more no, than our boxing no, no, no. show. He the was star ace. of the weekend was Uriah Faber. He's the star yeah. of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. He's at, he's had an absolute screamer in his own town, hasn't he? Just a bit. He's turned up, forty years of age. I tell you what, I'm going to put on a forty at forty. That's what we're going to do. He was brilliant. I'm going to starch this kid in forty seconds. Quickest, by the way, of his whole career. That unreal. Quickest victory of his all career. Was that the first time he'd knocked someone out and since like WEC or some shit like that? Something mad. Something mental. Mm. But he got the job done, man, and sent the whole of the uh, Sacramento crowd wild. He's he's been conning us. He's not being re- he's not been retired. He's just wanted the limelight off him. He didn't want to answer any press questions. That's what it was. He's been traded. He's been having a knock. He's in full nick. Retirement, my ass. We know what you're up to, Uriah. Then we he calls up the champ as well. That's it. We your little cornrows. Called out to Hugh, though. So Hudo versus Conroe, uh, Conroe Faber. Make it, man. Fuck it. Make it. Yeah. That's what I say. Why not? Just make it. It is what it is. It gives forty. It gives us forty-year-old men the world over something to. Are you going to get, get cornrows? About. I reckon you'd look mint with cornrows. I'm surprised. Do you know what? I'm just enough of a dickhead to have had cornrows, but I haven't. I, I probably should have had cornrows at Do some it. stage. Do you know it's like, too late now. I'm calling like, them now. Do you know like when you were a kid and. Uh, my sister used to do it all the time. Like, you go on your holidays to Torremolinos or and something. spray bleach on your ear. No, no, no. She'd have, like, some weird woman would be on the beach or something, like, putting, like, oh, stuff yeah, in like people's string ears. And whatever. Strings and stuff like that in their yeah. ears and all that type of stuff. And my sister used to have her hair done, like, mum in Alicia Keys. She's got a mum in <laughs> cornrows. White kid from Blackburn with mum in cornrows in her hair and all these different bits of flavour. <laughs> Take a it's like Alicia Keys. That's it. Back, back to fucking school with a bloody Alicia Keys haircut. <laughs> What are you doing? Where have you been? Been to Tolomolinos, Anna. <laughs> they all used to do it. I've no doubt when I go on my holidays, when my little girl gets of a certain age, she'll be going, Dad, can I do that? And yeah. next thing you know, she's getting everything bloody corn rolled up. Absolutely. You should do it, mate. I reckon yeah. it, you'd look mint. I did dye it one summer. Did you? Yeah. What colour? Blonde, obviously. What, you went full Robbie Fowler? I just fucking 
put lemon juice in my hair every day on holiday thinking it won't do anything. And when I come back, I was ice blonde. What, like Drago? Like Drago? Like Drago, yeah. But I had, obviously I had big Happy Mondays curtains at the time as well, so it just looked <laughs> fucking like the golden vision. We need, to, we need to see that picture. There is photo evidence somewhere, yeah. By the way, the amount of people that keep sending me pictures of old school Nick, it's hilarious. Because if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Nick's uh, Channel 5 television programme. Yeah. Um, and loads of people have been looking for the link. They can't find the link, but they've found loads of different pictures of you, pre-beard, uh, <laughs> like when you're in your early 20s. And I'm like, why do you keep sending me this shit? Why do you keep sending me pictures of a young Nick Pete? <laughs> People just tagging me and all sorts of stuff. Here, here's one for you. Right, okay, mate. <laughs> all oh, good, dear. though. But on your eye of favour, as a 40-year-old geezer, looked quite well at the weekend, didn't he? He looked unreal. Absolutely brilliant. I feel for Ricky Simon a little bit because, you know, it was it was just Uriah's moment, wasn't it? For me, I, literally, like, you you text me, didn't you? Go, what the fuck are you doing yeah. at this time? And Last I, you, week. You shit all over this car. You You're sitting there. Absolutely shat all over it going, this is the worst. Following on from what we've just seen at UFC 239, this is terrible. Durandame and Aspen Lad in the main event. You were giving them tons, weren't you? Yeah, it was... Uh, Durandame obviously heard do, you. Do you know what, though? <laughs> the funny thing is, I actually went to bed after Faber won. You didn't see the... I didn't I didn't see the Durandame knockout of Aspen Lad until the next day. 16 I had no seconds. idea what... Going for the record, mate. 16 I know. seconds. I'd have known it, obviously. I'd have known it was 16 seconds. I'd have stayed up the extra 10 minutes, but... Well, I've got... I've got beef with this, right? Um, fuck, I'm glad you've got beef with it. I'm glad you have. Which which, which bit? Got... I hope we're about to reference the weigh-in. Yeah, this is what I'm going to do, right? I've got beef with the whole thing. Yeah. And I can't... I've seen Herb Dean get a bit of shit, right? Yeah. So Herb Dean's got a little bit of shit for, stop, for stopping this fight. Because it was a terrible stoppage. Prim- yeah. Yeah. Well, on the face of it, if you watched the fight and you didn't know anything about the narrative of the fight coming in, yeah. you would look at this fight and go, why has Herb stopped that? She's, she's sound. Yeah. She's got clock. She's gone down. She's gone on all fours, but, but she's, she's turned around. She's about she, to she's defend tur- herself. She's turtling up. She's ready to rock and roll, man. Mm-hmm. She's legs are ready to go, you know? And I can't blame Herb Dean for stopping the fight, though. Because, because you know context behind it. Right. So he, like us all... But this is not Herb's job, by the way. No, it's not. It's not. It shouldn't be. But he's a human being. Yeah. So And it's on his watch. So he's he's in charge of this fight. Yeah, he's seen Aspen Lad weigh in as we all have yeah. the day before. That weigh in was absolute horrible. mess. The kid's shivering. She's all over the place. She just about makes one three five. She's just on there. She can't stand up for a picture. All sorts of random shit. It was horrible to watch. It was it's a car so you're crash. telling me now, within twenty four hours, she's absolutely corpus mentis, mint peak physical condition, ready to go into a fight with a former champion. Is she ready to rock and roll? That's got to be in the back of Herb's head. So the minute that she gets clocked, he's got to shit himself. If I'm the referee, I'm thinking, his job's to protect the fighters at all times. That's his job. He knows what he's seen 24 hours previous. She's been clocked. She's fine. Absolutely fine. The fight shouldn't have been stopped. But he's thinking in his head, she was so dehydrated yesterday. I can't let her tech out. I can't let her tech anything. So he's jumped all over it and stopped the fight prematurely. I can't blame him. even though it is a bad stoppage and it's a shit stoppage, I can't blame him because well, I personally I'm... think 24 hours, people should have done the jobs properly and pulled that kid from the fight. Yeah, exactly. That, that That's the whole point I want to make. It's like, that shouldn't be Herb's job. It shouldn't be Herb's job to have to look after Aspen Lad to that extent where he's like protecting her at all costs. But there's a fundamental reason why from the first punch of the fight, she hit the floor like that. And that's because 24 hours earlier, she could hardly stand up. Now, I truly believe that Aspen Lad is a bantamweight. 
I don't think she she should move up to featherweight. I think she is a bantamweight. The problem is she's not doing a weight cut right. She's crashed iron, you can tell. She's doing it. She's fucking losing too much water weight at the end. She's losing too much weight in the last 24, 48 hours. And that's why she's like that on the scales. That's why she's in bits. She needs to do a proper weight cut. She needs to do a 10-week slow come down on her weight. Come, full diet plan. It's a lifestyle thing. It's not a weight cut. So that that's my first issue is that Aspen Ladd needs to sort that out. Her team, she needs to employ a nutritionist. The UFC's got loads of them. UFC have got back loads of these guys. It's not like she hasn't got the opportunity to work with someone. The UFC will provide her with someone because the UFC needs stars, certainly in the female divisions. Mm. And she's potentially a world title contender. But when that happens on Friday, someone isn't doing their job or someone is being paid not to do their job. There's no way on the, on the earth that she should be allowed to stand on scales in a public forum like that and for those pictures to beam, be beamed worldwide. That was one of the worst advertisements I've seen for mixed martial arts and for it to come from the UFC, a uh, promotion that I massively respect and I know loads of people employed by the UFC and I've got nothing but respect for them. But everybody who works for the UFC that was involved in this card on Friday at the weigh-ins needs to take a level of responsibility because somebody somewhere should have said, that girl cannot fight. Now, whether that's down to the doctor, whether that's down to whatever, the UFC can't just go, but the doctor passed her fit. Who the fuck's the doctor then? Mm. Why is the doctor passing her fit? Why in, this, why in this state are they allowing someone? Why in California are they allowing this kind of thing to happen? California State Athletic Commission are one of the, one of the toughest, supposedly, and yet, they're looking at that footage, and they're not like... I didn't see a single person go, ah, oh, she'll be fine. Every single person that's seen that footage, mostly fans, fighters, everyone that commented on it was like, man, she looks terrible. Mm. Never mind fighting tomorrow. Get her to a hospital and put her on a drip now. Mm. She is severely dehydrated. Mm. You didn't need to be a doctor to see that. Severe dehydration. It's terrible that she was allowed to walk in there. And you know what? I think the UFC have massively dodged the bullet. I think if anyone deserved a bonus at the weekend, it was Herb Dean. Because now Herb's taking the flack. Because like you, if, you, if, you, if you're unaware of the weigh-ins, if you just go in and watch this fight, like you said before, as a fan, you go, what the fuck are you doing, Herb Dean? What the fuck? Herb Dean drops the ball again. Here's mm. another. I've seen loads of stuff like that. Oh, fucking hell. Another clanger to add to the Herb Dean. Herb Dean has taken the flack because someone didn't do their job. Mm. And the UFC didn't take responsibility. He's he shield for him, man. All Herb's guilty of is showing compassion. That's all he's. Yeah. That's all he's guilty of. Somebody else should have showed it first. Mm. But the problem is, then you're talking about who's going to headline the fights off. Can't bring anybody in. Now I'm sure Juliana Penno and Nico Montana from the undercard would have jumped up to fight the random eh? Absolutely. Uh, I think it was absolutely disgusting. Really disgusting. Like, and you know, we 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 took a bit of shit last week. Um, off one of one of our listeners actually had made a fucking video about us giving us shit saying that you know fucking we uh about the U, the whole pay-per-view thing around the UFC saying that because we did they? cut yeah yeah didn't you see it no i'm not seeing it oh mate, he made like a little youtube video and everything Is it? Loads. yeah 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 i can't listen and i'm not just saying this i can't remember what the video was called it was one of these he's got like his own youtube blog and he'd done this video Started saying with the best podcast in the country, which was he was about right. He should, probably should have ended it there. Yeah, twice. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But then he was talking about obviously the fact that we'd supported the BT pay per view. We didn't. At no point did we support it. We tried to play devil's advocate and go, "We've been telling you about this for a year." Yeah. Too late getting upset now, guys. We fucking told you twelve months ago it was happening. Yeah. Um, but he, listen, I'll come. On, I'll come back to him in a second. But the point I'm trying to make is that 
we're calling it for what it is. I think we always call it for what it is. We we and in this case, the UFC dropped the ball, and I, I think Aspen Lad had no business being inside the octagon. Right, let's go back to this this, this fucking video now because you're obviously completely unaware of it. So obviously, we were talking about the pay per view last week, and we were saying that, um, you know, hopefully it means that if we're going to be paying for shit, we don't want it the normal feed like we got. He, he didn't. The John Jones thing was just a straight feed, and we were saying that's shit. Yeah, if we're going to pay for it, we want it to be for us. And, you know, I think we made a good point on that. But he was talking more about the fact that he didn't think we were doing our jobs because as journalists, we need to be impartial, blah, blah, blah. And we shouldn't support BT making money. Now, he did make a good point, And this is something we've spoke about previously, but we didn't highlight it massively last week. And that was that pay-per-view and boxing, the boxers directly benefit from pay-per-view and boxing. If you pay for it, the doctors, the the fighters at the top of the bill, at least in boxing, get a stream of that pay-per-view revenue. Okay. Now, that does happen in the UFC. Yes. John Jones will have got a pay-per-view feed. Yeah. I am unaware, as is this guy, because I don't know, so this fucking guy certainly doesn't know, whether the BT Sport pay-per-view was directly led to an extra few quid in John Jones's back pocket. I don't know. We've never been privy to that information. How It may have been. It may well have been. But the point we were trying to make, and he kind of skirted over that, is the fact that, just to reiterate... What we're saying is if BPC are going to charge extra, we want more as a UK consumer for our book. Yes. And that's now on BT to do that and deliver that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway. He was giving us shit. You got you got a bit of shit. We got a bit of shit, but that's fine. But he, he also, listen, he lives in this deluded, the, the guy as well, not a panda guy, because he listens to the show, so he's cool. And he's entitled to his opinion, that's fine. But he, he made a good point about sports journalists, and he was saying journalists need to be a code of ethics, blah, blah, blah. You need to say it how it is. Listen, I'll tell you right now, I've been a journalist for 20 years. This is my 20th year as a sports journalist, employed, fucking, you name it, regionals, nationals, TV, radio, newspapers, the lot. The code of ethics that you're talking about, about journalists, I probably know two or three, maybe four, people that abide by that code of always tell the truth, it's your job to report this, blah, blah, blah. And you know those guys? Never get interviews with anybody. It's a, t- a different type of journalism. Don't get big interviews. You don't get to be, you know, you don't get covering the big events. You don't build relationships because there's another type of journalism that 99.9% of us other journalists follow and that's called you're only as good as your contacts list. It's about building contacts, building relationships, getting big stories. I'll take you back to the fact that a year ago, we broke it here on Fight Disciples that BUFC were going to 11. And then we also broke the fact that 11 deal wasn't happening. And we've also broke many stories on here. That's all down to relationships. Mm-hmm. That's all down to the fact that in sports, in, in journalism <clears throat> especially, you're only as good as your contact book. That's like, that, that is it. That's people the way it goes. A lot of people, when they listen to our boxing and, and MMA show, we say stuff and then it comes true in two, three, four months' time. And they go, do you guys know the lottery numbers? If I knew the lottery numbers, we wouldn't be doing the fucking podcast, right? <laughs> the reason why we know that stuff is because, like Nick has just said, it's trusted information. You have contacts list, people enjoy being on the show, they enjoy being a part of what we're doing, and therefore you are privy to certain bits of information. We're not just making it up. We don't. We don't can't see into the future. If we could see into the future, like I said, we'd have done the lottery by now and we'd both be living on yachts somewhere, you yeah. know? Listen, like you say, Everybody's entitled to their own opinion of how they want their journalism, how they want it. For me, that style of journalism is very bland. Yeah. We doing what we do, we've we've from day one. The reason why we set this up from day one, we we work for certain outlets that want us to dance to their particular tunes. And we respect that and we do do that. We deliver 
a job for people. So if someone comes to us and says, we want you to do this job, but you know what I mean? You know what camp we're in. That's sweet, mate. Yeah, Nobody's yeah. actually physically said that, but I know the game. I know what I'm going to do. We're going to big your guy up because we're selling you a thing. That's fine. Yeah. Fight Disciples is our thing. So therefore, we can just speak truthfully to, when I say truthfully, our truth. My truth sometimes is biased towards certain fighters. There's certain fighters that I do like, there's certain fighters that I don't like. But, for example, when one of my fighters that I don't like does extremely well, I'll tell you the truth about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, for example, at the weekend in the world of boxing, I picked one guy, you picked the other guy. My guy got smashed to bits. Yep. On the boxing show, if you go and listen to it now, I've openly said that. I said, listen, I got that fucking wrong, man. My guy got absolutely ruined. And we do that all the time on here. We're authentic. It comes from the heart. We'll speak the truth with a little bit of bias in there as well. All right? That's 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 it, what this it, is. And hopefully it, that's why you like this show. Exactly. We were just getting accused of being biased towards BT Sport because we've both done bits for BT Sports. But if we didn't do bits for BT Sports or we didn't do bits for Talk Sports or BBC Sports or whatever or Sky Sports, if we didn't do bits for other people, we wouldn't have this show because Adam would be DJing in fucking Marbella somewhere <laughs> and I'd be out in the audience selling tablets. <laughs> like that, that'd be our lives. Like, <laughs> We've both got to pay our mortgage. We've both got to do That's how we know each people. other, by the way. That's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> until, until fucking, you know, someone pays for Fight Disciples full time, then there's always going to be... And even then, do you know what? Even then, we'll, have, we'll still protect those relationships. Now, that's not to say, okay, on that occasion, um, we, were trying to, we were trying to say, BT Sport, here's an acceptable way pay-per-view we weren't going fuck pay-per-view blah 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 it doesn't matter whether we say that it doesn't matter whether the world says that bt have got their own agenda and they're going to do their own thing and if they're going to bring in pay-per-view we as fans want to make the most of it so as fans i'm just, all i'm saying is mate if you're going to continue to do fucking pay-per-views give us something back give us more give us something just for us that was the point we we're trying to make last week mm. but to say we're, and, suppo- and, we're and, blindly and. supporting bt and, and towing their line is bullshit because in exactly the same show what did I say seconds after we had the pay-per-view chat? I went, this card in Sacramento was dog shit. And we had that whole dog shit debate. Now, do you think BT liked me saying that? Of course they didn't. I'm basically saying, don't even watch this card. It's fucking rubbish. <laughs> so, come on. Give us a chance. Um, just on that, if BT want us to make some content for him, <laughs> yeah, you know where we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, um, Josh Emmett, I thought, was very, very impressive. Back to the fighting, yeah. by the way. Back to the fighting. <laughs> Josh Emmett, I thought, was very impressive this weekend. I, I was impressed. Listen, saying that, I'm impressed with Josh Emmett, but I'm so disappointed with Mesa Bektic. Me too. I come off the back of it because we buzzed off Bektic, didn't we? we? We met him in Manchester when he was on the Bispin undercard, Bispin Henderson undercard. Yeah. And we were loving him. We're thinking, this guy is the next generation. Look at him. He's, he can do everything. He's absolutely mint. Met him, had a chat with him, thought, fell for him even more because you do, you resonate with those personalities. You're thinking, this guy's mint. I'm going to follow this guy's career. And it's been a little bit up, a little bit down. Then you get on a little bit of a run, then it falls off again. And at the weekend, I'm just like, it's just, it doesn't look like it's going to happen for him, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, listen, Josh Emmett's a good guy, man. He's, of course. He's a fucking talented fighter and he's, you know, he's got this ability to do that. But we had... We, we were kind of, we were so in, weren't we, with Bektic because of his backstory. You know, we interviewed him. I think it was Manchester he was. Yeah, yeah. We did the full interview with him and all that, and he's, he's a diamond of a guy. And then he ran into Darren Elkins, but he was winning that fight by a mile, didn't he? And then Elkins just fucking caught him with that freak shot, and um, he took his eye off the ball for a split second, but he's gone away and rebuilt. He had a good win over Pepe, a great win over Ricardo Lamas, and you're like, okay, here we go. Well, we didn't talk him up on last week's show, and I was a bit like, fuck, can't believe we didn't talk up Mesad Bektic, but... I'm glad I didn't now, obviously, because Josh Emmett absolutely starches him. And listen, this is MMA, and, and I won't, I won't beat up on anybody that gets caught 
in the first round and get yeah. you know because shit can happen and Emma can bang. But you're right, Bektic. This was a, this was the moment for him to break into the top ten. This was the moment for us to go. Is right. Mersad's going to make a run for this featherweight belt, and we were in, man. We were bought in. Mm. But again, Josh Emmett, he's a veteran. Um, regarding, um, I'm just looking down the card here. The Juliet. Did you see the Juliana Pena fight? No. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. <laughs> I told you. I told you I wasn't engaging it. I'll tell you what I watched. I watched the main card. I watched Ryan Hall just because I'm fascinated with Ryan Hall. Yeah, uh, he's I, mad as a box of frogs. That dude, isn't he? Crazy, absolutely insane. How hairy is he? <laughs> no, he is. he's a hairy dude, isn't he? <laughs> you fix yourself, right? Whenever I go on my holidays, I get a wax up. You got to wax up, right? You got to get a, them off your shoulders, get it off your lower back. You got to look good on the beach, son. He looks like he's wearing a fucking jumper. as the lad. Mate, you're on TV, wrestling dudes. <laughs> Come on, get yourself all... Because uh, you yeah. think to yourself, that, that's a bit coarse, that, isn't it? So therefore, people can grip him. Do you know what I mean? I if you, what it is. Yeah, if you grapple with him, you could grip on. But that's that. what he wants, because he's a grappler, isn't yeah, he? So yeah. he wants that, he wants yeah, to maybe. create that. Yeah, but from his, his point of view, defensively... Could, could be tactical. Can he escape? Could be implants. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to escape, because he's not the escapee. He's the... Attacker. Yeah. That's just Ryan Hall. Just a hairy, He's a fucking BJJ monster, isn't just he? Just a hairy little dude. Like credit to Darren Elkins getting through fucking three rounds with him. You know, he wins he won one of the rounds as well. So mm. um anyway, that's that. Should we move on to uh... Yes, please, because it, it wasn't a great card as pulled out. It the moment belonged to Uriah Faber. It's just a shame he wasn't the main event. It was a shame that mm. Herb Dean had to take all the shit for Aspen Lab. Now I just want to quickly refer to the Forbes list uh, because that came out this week where Conor McGregor is number 64 on the celebrity list. Not the, not the athletes list. He's on the celebrity list. Oh, I've seen you come out fucking all guns blazing Mate. defending Conor. Fucking right. Because it was his birthday. Yeah. Listen, I'm not messing. Don't you pick on my mate on his birthday that, weekend. That's it. There's, cer- there's certain boxing journalists, right, that just hate on Conor constantly because yeah. he went over to their world. He lost the fight and got paid a million quid and they've, they've got a bee in the bonnet about it. 60 million. Well, what it, yeah, whatever it was, yeah, hundred million, whatever got, it was. Yeah, he, he got a few got weighed in. Yeah, he got weighed in, right? So they, they got, and and then they're constantly throwing shade towards the world of mixed martial arts. The two different sports, first of all, all right. But they have this upper tier. They have this righteousness about themselves where they go, "Don't be coming over here. We are far superior as a sport and all this type of stuff." Listen, we love them both. We love boxing. We love mixed martial arts. We can see the beauty in the pair of them. It's allowed. It's it's more than allowed, right? But don't get your fucking knickers in a twist when. The biggest star in the world of combat sports, the one that pulls the most amount of money, bar none, is in mixed martial arts. A little Irish guy with a whiskey brand, right? He's the main man. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. So there's a certain journalist who chips up and he says he's not... Because Connor had referred to himself being the king of America. Because Forbes had pointed out that Conor McGregor was on the list and he said he's even above... Uh, the guy that plays Captain America in the films. So Connor jumps up because I am America or whatever he said on his I am Twitter. Captain America. Right, there you go. So that's what he said, right? So then certain journalists have responded to him going, he's not even the king of combat sports. Canelo in at such and such a point where 90 odd million dollars uh-huh. in revenue. Then you've got Anthony Joshua coming in at such and such a point. And you've got somebody else coming in at such a point. Connor's only 64th with a measly 47 million, right? So I jumped on it. I said, hang on, you're painting a false picture to your people here. Yeah. Because Canelo in that period of time has fought three times in that year that Forbes have shelled out, right? Which averaged out at about $31 million per fight. Listen, it's good money. No question about it. It's good money. 
Get out of bed for that. It, it's solid money. Joshua's fought twice in that period of time, averaging him out about twenty-seven million. Now I know Connor's got a whiskey brand, but he's pulled forty-seven million, fought once and lost. Right? Nobody pulls money in fight sports like Connor McGregor. So you can paint all the false narratives that you want. Conor McGregor is still the king of the dollar. He still is. And he, even to this day, I don't give a shit what you think about Khabib or whatever it may be. When he says he's coming back, he'll be getting weighed in. And he'll be getting weighed in more than anybody else. Absolutely, he will. Of course he will. I, listen, I don't get... I'm Happy like birthday, Conor. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't get all this negativity towards him because I think Conor McGregor did boxing a big favour just like boxing did Conor McGregor a just, big just, just after I posted that tweet back and it did quite well actually a lot of people jumped on it and buzzed it up and what have you there were a couple of people that messaged me going every time he steps up he falls short and I went hang on a minute every time he steps up he falls short you've just seen Khabib that's all you've seen yeah. <laughs> off a two year yeah. hiatus from the octagon yeah. he's come back and fought them number one Fought the number one dude, undefeated yeah. the number one dude, and got beat. Granted. But what about when he's taken fights on a day's notice? What about when he fought the best featherweight of all time and started him in 13 seconds? What about when he went up to welterweight and fought Nate Diaz? Yeah, he lost the first one. But then he went back to welterweight and beat him the second time round. Yeah. People just what, forget. What it's about it? The reason why he's on that celebrity list is because of fighting. Because he was good at it. Yeah, He was minted it. And it got him to that level. Yeah, all right. Now he's wearing silk pyjamas and sloshing around on yachts in bloody wherever he wants to slosh around in. His mentality's changed. Of course it has. But when he were an unemployed plumber and he made his debut in Sweden, mm-hmm. he was doing bits, man. He could do bits. And since then as well. That's why That's why when you have the GOAT conversation, it's impossible not to have... He's in the chat. ...a Conor McGregor part of that conversation. He's in the chat. Purely based on... He has made more money from this sport than anybody. Anybody. Mm. And he has also generated more eyeballs, more pay-per-views than anybody else. And he's a featherweight. And he's also achieved... He's won world titles against legit opponents. First ever simultaneous two-weight world champion. He's beaten world title guys, gone up to welterweight, lost there, refused to have the fight back down at lightweight, wanted to go back do it at welterweight, got the victory. Absolutely unreal career. Absolutely unreal. For he's anyone got, he's to pour shade on Max Holloway on his resume. For anyone to would, pour shade oh. on Conor McGregor, mate, there's something fucking wrong in your life yeah. if you can't see the value this guy brings to not just mixed martial arts, but to fight sports in general. Conor McGregor being in this game is good for everybody. As me and you know, personally, fucking hell, good for me. When he fights, I get paid. Because, <laughs> listen... I'm telling you now, Nick loves it. Tell he's, him. Honestly, Nick is the most generous man when uh, when Conor McGregor's fighting because he's absolutely the getting weird. The phone never stops. Phone never stops. TV. Nick, radio, can you do an interview for us? We're podcasts. In, yeah, what about Saya? We're in Tajikistan in the middle of fucking nowhere. Wait, you, the last when Conor fought Khabib, I had three stints on Al Jazeera TV. There you go, man. No That's shit. It. They pay. Let me tell you now. Did they? They pay top dollar. Listen, with that accent of yours, did you have to have a little, little bouncing ball on the bottom of the screen with you? Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> little subtitle. Press the red button to find out what this mad scouse is saying. <laughs> Conor McGregor's good for everybody, man. He's good for fight sports, and the sooner he comes back, the better. That's it. Let's just hope the UFC can sort that shit out, or your ESPN, whoever's dragging the feet at the moment. Just pay just the kid. Give just him, pay him. Just give him a percentage of the yeah, business, just man. fucking What's give him a Canal. Well, they're about to float Endeavour on the stock market anyway. Mm. And according to reports, it's, you know, it's not worth a pot of piss. In, so <laughs> just give them a slice anyway. Probably cost them money. Uh, this weekend, the AT&T Centre is the venue and it's a big coming out party for a British mixed martial artist. This is it. 
This is the one. This We've been it. making noise for such a long period of time about this kid. What did he have to do to get himself a stellar fight? Well, he's got a stellar fight this weekend. It doesn't get better than this. Former world champion at lightweight. A guy making big inroads in the world uh, at welterweight. Leon Edwards versus Rafael Dos Anjos. If Rocky comes through this, we are in the game, baby. It's a tough fight, though, man, because he's looked mint, hasn't he, as Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, for the majority of the time at welterweight. Don't get me wrong, he's had a couple of slips. But he's just stopped that skid and the momentum's back with him. Yeah, as you say, the couple of skids are against Kobe Covington and Kamari Usman. So, you know. Wrestler boys. Exactly. And guys at the top, you know, the the two guys with belts in this weight division. Well, Usman's the only one with a real belt, obviously. But, you know, the two guys up the top of the division. And even when he was a, a lightweight, you know, he's, he's only losing to the likes of Eddie Alvarez, Tony Ferguson. You know, world-class guy. So, make no mistake. This is a massive opportunity for Rocky Edwards, but Rafael de Sanos is a step up and a half. But I truly believe Rocky Edwards can do it. I think so far, every te- everything he's been offered, every test that's been put in front of Leon Edwards, he's just gobbled it up and he's proven to everybody that he's got the mentality of a winner. You know, his, his only loss in like the last 10 was against Kamaru anyway. And, that, you know, that was a unanimous decision. It was a, sorry, a points decision. So I would like to see that back and played out over five rounds anyway, especially just the way he's developed now, the way he's come on. Um, he's got a great, his, his ability to put the, get the fight back to the feet is unreal. Yeah. His ground game is completely undervalued. I think His defence is great. He's sharp, he's nasty. Um, Okay, he wasn't sensational last time out against Gunnar Nelson, but it's tough to look good against Gunnar anyway. And especially, I think Rocky Edwards are in a little bit shocked in London about the animosity that he faced when he walked out. Yeah, maybe. You know, there, there seemed to... Everybody in That's there That's because of the new, narrative with Till. No, I know, yeah, but Till's fucking a scouser. This was London. You know, they, 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 it's not just Liverpool fans that, are, that were against Rocky Edwards. It seems like the whole nation has taken to Darren Till, but has turned on Leon Edwards. And yet, look at Leon Edwards' rocking record in the welterweight division. It's unreal. Yeah. I think there's only Usman that's, that, that rivals it in terms of the amount of wins that he's strung together. On the streak at the moment, yeah. He's absolutely brilliant. So, uh, I think that shocked him against Gunnar Nelson. I think it, it, it took his breath away at the 0-2, coming out and being vilified the way he was. And I think that may have hampered his performance. But, he gets the biggest opportunity ever to bounce back this weekend. There's no pressure on him. It's over in the US. I think uh, Rafael de Sanjos, the pressure will be on when, him a little bit well, more. When you say there's no pressure on him, do you not think there is from pressure the fans, on him? From the fans. All oh, right, okay, yeah. Not like there was in London where it was like everyone was against him and he's got to try and win the fans over once again. I think he goes out to America. De Sanjos, you know, is the more familiar household name to MMA fans. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll be seeing this as a big stepping stone for the Sanyos getting back into title contention. But I don't. I see it as Leon Edwards' opportunity to claim the biggest scalp of his career. For me, this is Leon Edwards... Announcing himself to America, really. Isn't like it? when Till beat Cowboy. Now, I know Leon Edwards beat Cowboy, but after Till had done it, yeah, the yeah, gloss yeah. had gone off it completely. This is Leon Edwards' opportunity to take a ta- Cowboy-esque scalp. I think, that's bigger, than, a title I think shot. that's bigger than Cowboy. Well, it, it, it's, easy to, it's easy to say that now. I agree with you now, because... The way Cowboy lost to subsequently lost to Rocky and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. But I think right now, but that's a former champ. Similar. That's a, that's a former lightweight champ that he's fighting this weekend. No, no, yeah, proper dude. Or being up at welterweight. Yeah, I, I just think Rocky is a lot better than people give him credit for fundamentally. And mm. I think he was he made some big decisions earlier this year in turning down fights. You know, we know Rocky Pons turned down Nibio. fights with Pons and Nibio. Yeah. Um, and and it was balls even to do that, and I think right. But that now, was in South America, wasn't it? Yes, this is in America against the Brazilian, against the former world champion at the weight category below. 
this is I think this is perfect. This is the right fight. It is the right fight, absolutely. But you know, at the end of the day, you, you, we're talking about a guy that's a win or two away from a title shot. Hopefully, a one win away from a title shot. So there is no right fight because they're all going to be fucking yeah, tough fights. And, and Rafael de Sanyot is an absolute beast on the feet, and especially on the ground. You know, his mm. jiu-jitsu is fucking unreal. So will. I think Leon Edwards might have to come through some tough moments, but I actually think he'll get the job done, and I think he'll get the job done inside the distance. Shit! I think Rocky could make a bit of a statement this come weekend. Come on, boy. He needs to. Come on, Rocky. He needs to. It'd be amazing if he did. I'll tell you something. Last week, we sat here, you looked at that card off the back of UFC 239, and you thought to yourself, fuck you know, this is going to be awful in Sacramento. I look down this list now, and every single one of them, I'm going, I'm up for that. Yeah. I'm up for that. Wow, I'm up for that. Yep. James Vick's fighting Dan Hooker. Oh. I'm up for that. Yes. Woo! Even Arlovsky versus Rothwell. Arlovsky versus Rothwell. Well, I'm, I'm into uh, Alelnik and Harris. Yeah. I'm into that. Just because they're just going to fucking throw down, that's why. Alelnik, it's just a case of, will we see the Ezekiel? Yeah. And well, Harris, can you avoid the Ezekiel long enough to, ch- to fucking punch him in the face? So it's got all the ingredients of a good heavyweight fight. James Vick versus Dan Hooker's the one, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. On the undercard, yeah. Obviously, Greg Hardy's on there, and Greg Hardy's going to get a shitload of attention, as he usually does. Yeah. Uh, whatever you feel about Greg Hardy, it is what it is. Fundamentally, completely flawed. As Give the backstory, fighter. because there'll be people that just come across from boxing onto this podcast and don't know too much about Greg Hardy. You might never have heard that name before. Yeah, Greg Hardy, former NFL player. Um, I think he was thrown out of NMFL or he was certainly suspended from MFL from uh, for assaulting his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. You know, he's got history of uh, of punching women in the face. There was a lot of... Convicted uh, domestic abuse, hasn't he? Yeah, there was a lot of negativity when he moved over to the UFC, competed in Dana White's uh, Tuesday Night Contender Series thing. Uh, and that's fundamentally how he got into the UFC. He had a couple of wins there, uh, which obviously got him a contract. Uh, you know, he, he basically is on, on paper... and. Potentially in real life, this guy's a complete gobshite, and that's why nobody wants to see him in the UFC. But he's, he is in the UFC now, whether you like it or not. Um, he on his full UFC debut, he need Alan Crowder in the Fouled, face he, when yeah. Alan Crowder was on the floor and got thrown out. He was disqualified, but actually, in that was only in January. In that fight, he'd completely fucking gassed and was gone, and Alan Crowder was about to beat him up. Um, so he, he bailed out of that fight, but he did get a a knockout uh, against the Smolly Ikov last time out that was in Florida in April. This is a guy that, thankfully, we're probably never going to see over here in Europe uh, because of his misdemeanors and because, you know, his name means absolutely fuck all outside of America because, you know, nobody over here really cares about the NFL. Uh, but Dana White seems to have a bit of a hard-on for Greg Hardy, so he's going to get handed these kind of opponents to keep selling tickets. And it's kind of like, a, um, what's his name, the wrestler that came in? Which one? CM Punk? It's, it's kind of like a CM Punk type scenario. Um, and Gre- the difference with the heavyweight division is if you're a big old brute faced with the right opponent, um, you know, you can get the wins on the board. And I think that's what they're going to do to Greg Hardy is just keep trying to dish in, cash in on those NFL fans. But also, that's Smoliakov win, by the way, um, when he knocked them out in the first round. Bear in mind that they were used to be training partners. Smoliakov had been out of the UFC for a couple of years. Greg Hardy chose to fight a teammate to get a win. That's the kind of guy we're dealing about. He is a douchebag. Uh, but he's on this card, and he's on the main card once again because, you know, he'll attract eyeballs um, by the, from the American sports fans. I hope he gets knocked the fuck out. There you go, you see? There's that bias again. We like that. Um is the hangman going to come through against James Vick or will James Vick get the business done? Mate, we are huge Dan Hooker fans, aren't we? Of yeah. course, you know, he's... Okay, he run through a couple of our our boys, Ross Pearson, 
uh, Mark Giacchese in succession, didn't he? And, and, and really, you know, put a line in the sand in terms of him being a future contender. But then he got absolutely fucking beat up by Edson Barbosa. If you remember, he just he, he bludgeoned them, really. And the big question for me now is, Dan Hooker, obviously training partner of Israel Adesanya, they both look like they were on the ascension for a title shot. But Dan Hooker last time out against Barbosa, those kind of defeats can end careers. You know, he got absolutely mm. battered from pillar to post. So much, his corner should have pulled him out. It was a bad one. So it's hard to see what, it's hard to predict what Dan Hooker's got left because of that kind of defeat. Now, James Vick, for me, is the perennial underachiever in this weight division. Talk about people struggling to make weight. This guy's a lightweight, and yet he's six foot three. Mm. A, light, a six foot three guy that makes 155 pounds. I'm six one. I can't get under 180. Well, I'll be honest, 190 anymore. Never mind fucking 155. No idea how he does it. Yes, he's lean, but absolutely no idea how James Vick gets down to 155. For me, former Golden Gloves boxer, one of some of the best stand up in this division. But lost to Justin Gacy, got starched by Gacy, got outworked by Paul Felder after being on a brilliant run of wins. Um, it's 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 make or break for James Vick. That's why this is such a brilliant fight. Is Hooker the, the potential superstar that Australasia thought he was? Can he bounce back from getting twatted by Barbosa? And can James Vick stop what's an alarming skid on his record? For me, that's the fight of the card. Other than, of course, Rocky. Of the main card? I think so, yeah. I think it's mm. a cracker, that one. Obviously, you've got the main event in Rafael Desantis against uh, Leon Edwards. James Vick, Dan Hooker stands out. Olovsky against Ben Rothwell will be a bit of fun to kick us off on that main card, won't it? Yeah. And if you look a little bit further down it in the old uh, prelims, our old mate Roxanne Motherfeely, she's having a little bit of a knock as well, isn't she, against Jennifer Mayer. Uh, Sam Elvey's on this. Ray Borg's on this. There's a lot of decent names, actually, that they've that they've thrown in there. I think Alex Caceres is on this as well, as well, isn't he? Oh, yeah, and Raquel Pennington's on there too. So there's some decent names. Yeah. I hope uh, I hope Roxanne gets another win because any comic book nerd out there will know she's she's she that's what she is. She's a complete comic book nerd in the UFC. It's brilliant. Her journey's amazing, and she's you know she's she's really putting a few wins together right now. She's been in the sport long before um, the sport was ever cool. Whenever there was no women in MMA, she was training. She was competing. You know, people in Vegas absolutely love her just because she's been around the sport for so long so I would love to see her get a win and I'll be honest Jennifer Myers in the UFC because she's Damian Wise misses no other reason she's not really a very good fighter uh, sorry Mrs. Meyer um, but uh, there's another guy that Jin Su's son the Korean guy who's fighting Mario Bautista yeah. down the card as well uh, when he was coming into the UFC he was like fucking so much momentum behind them from fighting over in deep uh, in, in Asia of course he come into the UFC guess He's, he's, I think he's the Korean zombies prodigy. Um, but he come into the UFC and who did he get on his fucking UFC debut? Peter Yan. <laughs> oh dear. So obviously he lost his UFC debut. Got some points to Peter Yan. No, that just shows how, how much he's able to hang with fucking one of the most exciting guys in the whole of the UFC. So that's a that's a, just a little bit of a careful look out for Jin Su's son. Bautista on the second fight on the prelim card because I'm excited to see what this guy can actually do when you're not facing a guy that basically should have a title shot next. Mm. There you go. Job done. That's what's going down this weekend. It's all about Rocky for us, uh, but there are some interesting fights as well to get stuck into. Far more better of a sell this week than uh, we gave it last week. Uh, even though last week did have its talking points, we arrived yeah. there, and uh, obviously... It was just a crap main event, and as it played out, it was even worse because of the... The, the, the weigh-in situation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so... Please subscribe to us. You can get us on iTunes. 
Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Fightdisciples.com is our website if you need an Android feed. Uh, there is a store out there as well. Yeah, man. I've ordered some new hoodies because the hoodies have all sold out. So we've put another order in for some more, so, more hoodies. So keep an eye out if you're waiting for another few people out there waiting for Hey, did you sort hoodies, uh, so. that lad out with his socks for his wedding? Sorted. Hopefully yeah. we'll see some pictures. Yeah, you better have them on his honeymoon. Keep them on, son. You know Absolutely. what night we're talking about. Keep them on, lad. Yeah, send us some photos. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like, you can't be tagging us in any of that stuff. <laughs> honeymoon night with socks on. <laughs> <laughs> some things are just better left behind closed doors, my friend. All right? Fightdisciplestore.com. <laughs> um, Tees, hoodies, socks, of course, badges, you name it. Mm. Um, yeah, man. Shit's but, selling crazy. Uh, at Fight Disciples on social media. Uh, and it's at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Get yourself stuck in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.